0: Make sure you check out our online store where we work with our graphic designer to create stunning garment and product designs that feature a wide variety of aircraft types, such as British fighters, World War II aircraft, American bombers, Russian fighters, and much more. You can pick your favourite designs and personalise any items within our Redbubble store that range from clothing right the way through to stationery. All of our designs feature our logo, so you can show your support for the channel while getting a quality product. You can head to our website, aircrewinterview.tv, and click store or go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash AC interview. Thank you and enjoy. Yeah, you went, uh, you, you said you were in uh, the UK for two months and then you got uh, uh, picked to go to the Thunderbirds. How did this come about and
1: w- what was the process like to become uh, like a Thunderbird pilot? So it is uh <clears throat> the process uh you have to apply so every year they'll send out a uh, to everybody who's eligible they'll send out a uh, an application uh, or the the opportunity to to apply um I applied for 3 years before I I eventually got selected for the team so um so you have to have a minimum you know fighter pilot background um, at least the minimum is 750 hours uh, most people have have more than that um, and you know, there's a few other requirements as far as how old you are, uh, to be able to apply. So, um, but I applied, uh, while I was at shepherd uh, and I continued to apply, uh, I came out for interviews one year and just wasn't, wasn't the right year. And then I got the assignment to Lake and Heath and my wife and I were really excited because it was kind of a dream assignment to get to go out and, you know, spend time in England and go travel Europe and, and whatnot. And, uh, and, uh, couple weeks later the the applications for the Thunderbirds came out uh, after we'd gotten our assignment to England uh, and I went to my wife and I was like hey babe like I know <laughs> I know we're going to England but the Thunderbirds applications just came out and I was trying to like read her face you know and I was like I was like yeah, yeah. don't worry I'm not applying and at first her response was like well hell yeah you're not applying like we're going to England like we're going to Europe for, for three years um yeah. and we left it at that and uh, a couple days later she came to me and you know she she Mentioned, she's like, you never want to have any regrets in life. Like, you you never want to guess, you know, wonder what if. Uh, and so she's like, I want you to apply. So I applied when I was at um, at Shepherd, um, and then we moved to England. Uh, I was there for a couple of weeks, uh, and then they had interviews. So I had to fly from England back to the states uh, to go interview. Uh, and so that process is changing right now a little bit. So right now they're uh, from from here on out, they're going to kind of go back to what they used to do, which is actually a they're going to try to do a flying, uh, interview as well, where you go sit in the back seat and you have to do some certain maneuvers and and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but they did not have that at the time, but you go out and you basically spend an entire, uh, trip with them. So from kind of a Thursday when they show up until Monday when they fly out, uh, and the air show in between, you spend the entire weekend with them, you spend it with the, with the team, um, and just kind of get to know them, get to know how the process works because, um, you got to make sure that, uh, you are right for the team, that the team is right for you. Uh, and you'll find that, that sometimes people will just realize, Hey, this is not for me. Uh, you know, I'd rather be, I'd rather be focusing on tactical stuff or this is really overwhelming. Uh, cause it's, it's very, there's a lot going on. Um, and then also, I mean, you're traveling for over 200 days a year on the team normally. So, uh, so you have to make sure that you're going to get along with the people on the team, you know? Uh, so uh, so you do that you go through a series of interviews you interview with uh, a one-star and a two-star general uh, and then you know went back uh, to England uh, wondering how it went and then um, Yeah, and then so what, what wound up happening is I would up getting a phone call I was out with uh, with my son. we were getting some some uh, trainers for him or whatever and uh, and he I got a phone call uh, that I had made the team I came home, my wife was down in the, the basement and she had just unpacked the last box. So like we had all our household goods. She had just like, the cellar was like, it was immaculate. Oh, uh, no. And she was so excited. She's like, come downstairs, come downstairs, I want to show you. And she showed me this basement and she's like, look, it's all done. I was like, oh, like it was like, it like hurt my heart to like be like, I was like, all right, babe, here's the good news and here's the bad news. The good news is this looks amazing. Uh, bad news is we've got Puck to pack it all going. back up. <laughs> yeah, we're going, we're, and, and we're and we were moving to Las Vegas, which, um, you know, to go from a very charming city, like Barry St. Edmunds to, uh, St. to city. Sin City yeah. uh, was, was a very big uh, clash. So, um, but shoes, you know, there's the oh, the big sigh and then the, all right, let's do it, you know, so, uh, so that's kind of how that worked for me particularly. That's brilliant. So yeah, Trevor, what was it like going from the F-15
0: to the F-16 and, you know, kind of training on that aircraft?
1: Um, it was, so I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm one of the, who, those people who constantly like a new challenge, who like, uh, you know, new things. Uh, and so, uh, getting the chance to go, go learn how to fly that airplane was, was interesting. Uh, the training was out of Holloman, New Mexico. Uh, so, um, it was hot. Uh, we were flying block forties, so they were, uh, the least powerful thrust weight f 16s out there. Um, and there was, uh, it, honestly, it was is fairly easy to learn how to fly the airplane. Um, you've got two fourth jet aircraft who who handle right as far as the way the aircraft handles. It's it's fairly similar. Uh, the primary difference between the two is is the F sixteen F fifteen is a center stick that's hydromechanical, right? Uh, F sixteen is a side stick that doesn't move. I mean, it, technically, it moves about a quarter of an inch, but uh, for all intents and purposes, compared to a stick that you're throwing around, uh, it doesn't really move. Um, <clears throat> and it's obviously fly by wire, so um so that was uh took a little bit of getting used to um the landing uh is a little bit different just because the f-16 has a very narrow wheelbase uh so landing the aircraft took a little uh the other thing is the f-16 just likes to fly like because because all the data goes through the computer and the computer tries to get it to fly mm-hmm. So, uh, my normal concept of pulling the power and continuing to increase backstick pressure, uh to land Uh allowed me what wound up happening is I just wound up floating a lot when I was landing Uh, and I had to learn that you actually have to kind of like Like force the aircraft on the ground a little bit not force it, but it's just a little bit of a different uh, mm-hmm. different, um way that you land the aircraft. But so the basic, basic aircraft control was, was, and basic flying of the aircraft was fairly intuitive. It didn't take a whole lot of work to learn how to do. Um, the big thing was, uh, transition, trying to transition to the Thunder Thunderbird way of flying aircraft. Uh, that's what took a lot of transition. So, uh, what I mean by that is that, uh, we fly extremely close together. And when you're very, very close, um, there's one of the techniques that that we use on the team is that we fly with full nose down trim. Right. Uh, so, so normally when you fly an aircraft, you like to kind of be able to take your hands off, and the aircraft still flies well for mm-hmm. a little bit, you know what I mean? Uh, and the f 16 does a very good job of that because it trims to 1G, and there's there's a lot of good things about it. Well, um, the problem is, is that what we do uh, when we're doing loops or things like that, Uh, A lot of times we will intentionally go less than one G. So when you do a loop, for example, you need to pull about four G's at the bottom of the loop. And then up top, you have to decrease to about a half a G. Right. And then you have to get back into the G's to make it look like a circle. Right. And so so the problem with that is that if you release the way the F-16 flies is it will go to one G. So once you get to the top of the loop, you actually have to – if you didn't fly with a lot of nose down trim, you would actually have to push. So you go from like a pulling Mm. to a pushing. And there would be no way to, uh, in that transition to that half G and there'd be no way to, if you're flying real close to, to do that and not have this bobble, this vertical bobble. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just very weird to go from a pull to a push, mm-hmm. um, smoothly the exact same way that the, that the pilot next to you. So what we want to doing is we flying, we want to fly with the full nose down trim. Uh, so in the F 16, what that means is that you're holding, uh, the stick doesn't move. Right. But you're holding 25 pounds of pressure back to maintain level flight so uh, So it's nice because when you're in the float now all you have to do is instead of having to push You just like ease the pressure a little bit in your hand and you go from 25 pounds of pressure to 22 pounds of pressure Or whatever the case may be and you have more uh, fidelity with kind of small controlled movements Um, Well, the problem was for me that transitioning from where I'm used to making those small change movements with like small stick movements Mm -hmm. uh, to a stick that doesn't move that uh, is controlled instead of by stick position, by pressure, uh, took a lot of, of getting used to. So oh, when I was first on the left wing, what happened was I would be trying to move the stick a little bit to get small control inputs from the aircraft as opposed to an increase or decrease of pressure uh, and that would lead me to be doing a lot of this as I'm on oh, the wing yeah. trying, oh, yeah. trying to learn how to fly. So, um, so flying the transition between flying the Eagle, uh, to flying the F-16 was not that bad. Um, the transition to try to learn how to, uh, fly with full nose down trim on a fly-by-wire aircraft, uh, that took a, a good few months of, of training to really dampen that out and get, get comfortable with that. I'm sorry. Okay.
0: And could you tell, like, the difference in terms of power, like, uh, kicking in the reheat from, you know, the Eagle to the F-16? Was there a bit like a, an acceleration
1: difference or were it generally the same? Um, <clears throat> so, once again, I, I think that uh, kind of within the AD Geek world, there's, uh, there's a lot of people trying to compare apples to apples on things. And it, it can be really tough to do because... Um, because, like I said, kick. You know, the Eagle we normally are flying around with two bags, right? So we normally have two fuel tanks. Now, if you take off an Eagle, as we call demo clean, where you've, you've got no missile pylons, you've got no uh, no fuel tanks or anything like that, external fuel tanks on there, like that thing will haul, right? It'll get moving real fast. Well, in the uh, F-16, um, I'm uh, in the Thunderbirds. We fly what's called the Block 52, uh, so it is a Pratt Whitney 229 engine, so like 29,000 pounds of thrust. Uh, and when we take off, we're always demo clean, right? We don't have centerline fuel tanks. We don't have, uh, missiles on or, or pylons or, uh, targeting pods or any of those things that would, that would drag, drag you down. So, uh, we are as clean as possible, uh, every single time. So, um, what that means is that it is a lot of thrust. So, uh, so 29,000 pounds of thrust, but we only, we only weigh about 26 to 27,000 pounds of thrust or 26 to 27,000 pounds when we take off so that one to one thrust ratio right um we actually have and we have in excess at takeoff um and so that thing is is a beast um now if you strip down an eagle and and you don't have anything it's not combat ready uh it's very very similar but um i would say the biggest uh difference that i realized uh in the f-16 kind of where i was making my mistakes initially was on my rejoins so I've always enjoyed doing kind of aggressive rejoins, right? So you're a mile away, and now you bring it in, and you you you, yeah. you lock it in close. Uh, well, what will end up happening the first couple times is that uh, you know I would go and like I would expect a certain you know you, you you learn a certain level of deceleration that occurs with aircraft that you predict that so that you can yeah. kind of lock yourself in the place. Well, the problem was, is that, uh, when you're in an aircraft that has no, uh, no drag on it, right. Because you, you don't have any, any missile uh, anything on there that's slowing it down. Well, now that your assumption for how fast you're going to slow down goes out the window. And so (laughs) I would go there and it's like, it's like a razor blade going through the air. There's just nothing to slow it down. And so the first couple of times I remember, I definitely overshot and then (laughs) have to go back, uh, because it's, it, the thing just doesn't slow down. So you, you learn that after a couple of times, but, um, but yeah, the, uh, Not having any drag uh, in that jet makes it makes it a a hot rod for sure. Absolutely. And as number
0: two, what was your role in the team? And did you have a, you know, a favorite maneuver like over the 2020 display season? I know it's been a very difficult year, but uh, if you can tell us that would be great.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so as number two, I'm the, I was the left pilot. So, uh, so the lead pilot is our commander and our boss. He's, uh, he flies in the left. I fly directly off his left left wing in most maneuvers, right? We have a few different maneuvers, but in most maneuvers, I'm flying directly off his left wing. Um, the, uh, the other responsibilities I have is I was a chief of plans and navigations. So, uh, all of our, you know, I had to coordinate all of our movements uh, when we were traveling across country. Um, to get altitude reservations, to get tankers, to uh, fuel planning. Um, when we did our America Strong missions, uh, so when when COVID hit, uh, we had the opportunity to fly kind of with the Blue Angels and, and with ourselves across uh, a lot of the major cities across the United States. Um, you know, I was the guy that was responsible for making sure that we had the fuel and, and the planning and uh, and the tankers and and kind that of core responsibility. It it was. And the problem is, is that I was, this was right at the beginning of of the season and I'm not an F-16 guy. So I don't know, I I wasn't familiar with the fuel burn rates of the F-16 or kind of assumptions that you need to take into account. It's a single engine. Like it was just very, very different for me. So that was, that was pretty challenging. Um, but, uh, but that, that was kind of the additional duty, uh, that I had, um, uh, this year. But, uh, as far as a favorite maneuver, um, I don't know, uh, I would say it'd probably be the trail to diamond roll. Uh, So we have this maneuver where all uh, so the four aircraft, there's four aircraft that are called the diamond, uh, right? Because they generally fly in a diamond one, two, three and four. Uh, And so all four aircraft would get into a trail position. So they're all stacked up on top of each other. Uh, We'll point at the crowd and then, you know, we'll go nose up. And then what happens is the boss will start to roll left and he'll do essentially a, a aileron roll or a barrel roll. And, uh, in that maneuver, he will send us from that trail position to diamond. Uh, and it's a, it's a really, really challenging position for the left, uh, the left wing because you're in trails, so you're directly underneath him You got two people underneath you. So any, any compressions that you send yeah, yeah. down will make the formation look terrible. Uh, once he sends you, you have to go really quick. So you have to, you can't roll aileron because you could clip wings. So you have to kick full rudder to get over to his left wing. You did, add, but he's continuing to roll. So you're you, you're kicking rudder. You're pushing on the stick. You have to kick rudder back to stop that from happening. He's continuing to roll. So then you have to catch his wing line and then continue to roll all the way back around. Uh, it is uh, it is completely disorienting the first couple times you do it. Uh, it is a very 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 challenging maneuver. Yeah. Um, but doing it right, it's pretty cool to just go for this trail position and see the aircraft kind of explode and like go back in this diamond as they're continuing to roll uh it was a challenging position but it was uh it was it was a lot of fun and obviously
0: like uh are from the uk like i'm from the uk and uh, a lot of viewers are uh do you talk uh to each other like the reds do so they'd like smoke on go is it like that kind of thing or how do you like uh, narrate in the cockpit
1: Yeah. So and that's true of any I would say that concept is true of any uh, demonstration team. So uh, the problem is, is that if you were flying that close together, like uh, like the arrows, uh, the red red arrows do like, uh, you know, the snowbirds, the blues, the Thunderbirds, whoever it is, um, you have you have to have a cadence that, you know, predict and you you can expect. Um, now, different teams treat it a little different. So the blues do a little bit more of a, a song the way they're doing it. So they they kind of do it with it with kind of a, a song associated to it. Um, we do it with just kind of crisp uh, commands that are done at the same speed. So, you know, when to do it, because the problem is you have to be able to predict what the flight lead is going to do. Um, so uh, and the way that you do that is through con- constant Cadence and and knowing that okay based off the rate he's saying this this is when I need to start reacting because if you you will get to the point where you are moving before you see movement out of the lead so uh, if you are reacting to what he's doing well then you're always gonna, you're going to be all over the place you're always oh. going to be behind and you're always going to be adjusting so you actually have to start moving before you even process that he has moved his jet but you've heard and you know based off of of his cadence that he's about to move it and so that you can stay in the same position. Uh, so, yeah, so all demonstration teams will, will use some type of cadence to make sure that they, uh, are all on the same page that all their smokes going on and off the exact same time. Uh, and that, uh, that they're, they're beginning their movements before, um, and not reacting to what the flight leads doing, if that makes sense. So yeah, Trevor, what was your favorite? I mean, obviously, you know,
0: twenty twenty has been a difficult year for everyone. But you've done some great fly pass. But have you had a favorite
1: from your year joining the Thunderbirds? Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, twenty twenty has been a tough year for everybody. Um, I would say that, that kind of looking back on uh, on twenty twenty with the Thunderbirds in particular, the things that uh, that I always look back on and, and be the most uh, happy and proud about is is kind of what we did when COVID was hitting hard. So, um, you know, air shows had canceled across the country, across the world, people across uh, the United States, and I'm sure across the world, there was a a fear, um, that that was going on because everything was shut down. Um, nobody knew how we were going to, people were going to put food on the table or how we were going to get through this. Uh, we were all living in isolation. So we, we didn't have the support of others. Um, and we had the opportunity, you know, We we had all these flight hours because the way that the budget works is you have the flight hours and and you can't spend that money on other things And and if you don't spend it then it it goes away and and uh, and not only it goes away, but it's just lost It's just lost money So we had the option of just continuing to practice and fly in the desert um, and train Um, And that's what we were doing for for a couple weeks Uh, And then we decided that we would see we were seeing through friends and social media and things like that uh, what the frontline workers were doing uh, how they were going into the hospitals with no, without the proper protective gear and yeah. um, and, and and all these you know the stuff stuff and we wanted to do something to let them know like hey we're we're here for you um like like we support you and kind of show this symbol at the same time when we were doing that as we flew over the hospitals to thank them we wanted to fly over. Um, you know all all the cities and all the suburbs to, to say like hey guys you're in your house like step outside Like I know you we're all apart, but we're still together, right? Because we had a unique job to be able to do that in the air um, To show to, to show while everybody was still socially distancing that we're in this together, right? Um, and a lot of people were scared. So we did that in in Las Vegas, which is our hometown um, Not really knowing what the, the results would be like and uh, it was overwhelmingly positive Um you know, seeing, you know, got to see videos of kids that are out just going crazy and like people who had been in their homes for, for weeks on end, uh, yeah. months on end and, and were scared and, and just kind of like bring everybody together was, was really special. And then that kicked off, uh, what eventually became called as uh, for us in America, we called it America strong. Yeah. And we flew out to, uh, we did the same thing in Colorado and then we flew out to Pensacola And where the Blue Angels are and we just we joined in with their squadron and we started training with them uh, Figuring out how we could fly our two formations together and we had the opportunity to go I mean, we flew we had the opportunity to fly over New York, uh, New York City, uh, Washington DC And just a plethora of cities uh, You know at 500 feet things that the things that are never done um, with us, with the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels together in a, in a show of, of solidarity and a show of support. Um, and that was really, really special. Um, so yeah, looking, looking back on, on kind of the 2020 time, having the chance, you know, to, to thank the frontline workers, to let, uh, you know, everybody know that, Hey, we're all apart, but we're still together, uh, was, was a really, really special time. So Trevor, how long have you been on the Thunderbirds and what's your progression with the team? Uh, so I joined the team at the end of 2019 for the 2020 season. Uh, and so the 2020 season was my first year on the team. Uh, traditionally, it's a two-year assignment uh, on the team for officers. Uh, for enlisted, it can be quite a bit longer. But traditionally, it's a, it's a two-year assignment. Uh, there was some some things that happened. So I'm actually... Uh, the 2020 season is going to be the only season uh, for me on the Thunderbirds, uh, and we'll have a new number two that that's coming in next year. Okay. So overall, have you enjoyed your career
0: with the U.S. Air Force so far? Because we don't know where you're going to go next, but uh, have you enjoyed it?
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, it's been beyond my wildest dreams. Um, like you know, like I said I was I'm just I'm a poor kid from from a small town in Texas, and uh, so. Uh, Having the opportunity to go, I mean, you know, you've heard the story now, like to go live, you know, across the country, to go uh, live in Japan and travel the Pacific, uh, spend a lot of time in the Middle East and and meet some great people, fly some incredible aircraft, um, you know, to go to England for even if it was just for a little bit uh, to join the Thunderbirds and beyond that. I mean, it's been uh, I don't think that I could have ever have guessed or hoped that uh, I'd had the opportunities that I had since since being in the Air Force. So, yeah, I've been very, very fortunate. Right, we've got some uh, questions from our patrons,
0: if you're happy to answer these, uh, doesn't Absolutely. Right, so let me get them up here. Okay, so this is from Alexander. How much truth is there in the Dos Gringos song, Ballad
1: of the Thunderbirds? (laughs) Yeah, so not a kid-friendly song, uh, but (laughs) if you get the chance to uh, listen to Dos Gringos uh, Ballad of Thunderbird number two, One thing about fighter pilots is that we all have similar problems, and that problem is generally neck and back problems, right, Uh, with uh, particularly when you're fighting defensive BFM, right? No matter what you're doing, but if you find yourself fighting defensive BFM, right, you're you're cringing cringing around, you're twisting your spine uh, to look at your dead six to, to maneuver in relation to the guy behind you. You're pulling nine Gs you're looking forward to see what's going on in the HUD so that you don't go through the floor, or you know what your airspeed is and things like that. And you're going back and you're just doing this to your bones as you're under a, an immense amount of G's. Uh, so the one common, uh, uh, problem that all fighter pilots have is neck and back problems, right? Uh, the <laughs> yeah. problem with being the problem with being Thunderbird number two, uh, or really either wingman, whether it's Thunderbird number two or Thunderbird number three is that you are right. If you're flying, you're looking at, uh, you know, you're looking right, uh, Quite a bit, right? Because we're very close. So you have to look almost 90 degrees, right? Uh, you're pulling a lot of G's while doing it. Uh, you're making radio calls and you There's just a lot of looking right and so uh, so neck problems are definitely an issue for uh, For for wingmen uh, on the Thunderbirds uh, And I only did it for one year, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, I didn't have any anything uh, That hurt too bad, but I know that uh, last year our right wingman our uh number three pilot uh he had some he had to go get some physical therapy and stuff like that because he was looking left uh the opposite and uh and it just i mean you get cramps and uh you're you're you'll lock up and you'll get out and you'll just be like i can i can look a lot better right than i can look left i'll say that I, i got a lot more mobility looking right than i do looking left I actually, just like a
0: side note of here, I interviewed um, um he was a Typhoon pilot and he got exchanged on to the F-16 CJ. And uh, he said like, he basically went up like two neck sizes. Is that like a true statement?
1: Uh, well, it depends on what he, so one of the, one of the other problems that you have is that um, we have our normal helmets, uh, but then we also have, uh, Jihimics, So a joint hel- helmet, uh, mounted queuing system, uh, which is essentially, it's a helmet with a, a we scene, call a yeah. D yeah, a DU. So, so you've got this baseball cap that weighs a lot. Uh, now you put that moment arm, uh, up front, uh, of your, your nugget, and then you start pulling nine G's that becomes that much heavier. And all the work that you had that was messing up your neck before, now you've got that, uh, you know, multiplied. Uh, it, it can definitely cause a lot of neck problems. So, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if your neck has to grow a little bit um, from from jumping in and pulling a ton of G's, especially if you got a do hammock on. So
0: this is from uh, Gun Dog uh, Four Three One Four. Was the 2020 season a relatively easier season due to COVID? I imagine the families were thrilled having husbands and wives uh, home more often. Also, what would you like to be ported to after the T-Birds 2 is completed?
1: Um, so 2020 was, uh, I don't know if it was an easier season. We were definitely home more than we were uh, otherwise. But, uh, but it was challenging because we didn't know what we were doing, right? We didn't know what was next. Normally, uh, at least on this team, you, you know a year out exactly where you're going to be at. Every day for the next year, basically Um, It was very different for us because shows were constantly canceling So there was a lot of uncertainty a lot of unknown Uh, And then once we started doing the America Strong We didn't know where we were going or when we were going and there's a lot of a lot of unknowns for that so um, It was it was actually a very challenging season because of all the unique challenges uh, from Dealing with things that had never been done before. I mean, we had never we'd never flown at 500 feet over The entire city of Los Angeles and you know, I've never you know, the team's never done a pylon turn around the the uh, Tower at Denver International Airport before at 500 feet like that's just that stuff had never been done before, you know And so uh, so there's a lot of work to, to try to figure out how we were going to safely do these things um, But uh, but overall it was I mean, it was a great experience. It was a great year and um, I think the family was nice to have us home, but it was never a, they never knew we could be gone the next day. Right. They really never, there was, uh, uncertainties, which is more akin to what it's like being in, in, uh, the combat air force. Right. Um, as far as uh, as far as the next assignment honestly we don't know so uh, so it sound there's a couple different options that are on the table right now uh, it sounds like where the Air Force wants to send me next uh, if is going to be to go back to Japan uh, to go fly the Eagle back out of Japan for a little bit of time uh, before going to school uh, in the 2022 uh, school year uh, so I, I don't know uh, there's a lot like I said there's a lot up in the air right now and uh, I don't. I don't know what's next, but uh, that's the thing about the Air Force is you just uh, you kind of you enjoy where they send you yeah, and make the best of it. So we'll see. Absolutely.
0: And the last one, uh, the person doesn't want to be named, but uh, what um, display team uh, across the world would you like to fly with other than the Thunderbirds?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I. I don't. I, I just. I really enjoy flying, so I think that I, I'd enjoy any of them, right? Um, I put me in an airplane and I'm, I'm going to have fun flying it. So, uh, right I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I say based off the audience, I need to say red arrows. Uh, honestly, I, I, unfortunately, unfortunately I haven't really had the chance to spend time with the red arrows. Uh, I was yeah. only in England for a short period of time. And so I don't really know them. The only, the only team that I really have any uh, experience with is blue angels. Uh, we, we got to spend quite a bit of time with them this year. So, uh, I would say based off that it, it would probably be the blue angels just to, uh, get to go, you know, they, they do a lot of things very similarly, but Uh, based off their aircraft and kind of their regulations they they do things uh uh, a little bit different as well so it'd be kind of interesting to to see that as well
0: yeah i'm just gonna ask a question yeah i'm gonna like jump in here is there it must be like a lot of banter between the the thunderbirds and the blue angels there must be some banter when you get into the bar
1: yeah so you'd think like that's it's funny because we 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 spent quite a bit of time with them this year because we went to down to el centro which is where their summer training uh, and we trained with them uh, there for for a little bit and got to see their operations and they saw ours and we got to hop in their back seat and vice versa and uh, for some demonstrations and, and kind of see some differences and uh, it's it's really interesting because I, I totally walked in expecting like the really bad 80s movie where like there's like all this like confrontation and like machismo yeah. like battling between each other and stuff like that uh, they could not have been more hospitable oh, uh, to be great. Yeah, no, honestly, it was, it was really good. Uh, we got to know them pretty well when we were in El Centro, uh, but we were only there for about a week and we were all flying. So we didn't have a ton of time to really get to know each other. Uh, but once we showed up to Pensacola for the America strong mission, uh, we just invaded their squadron and we started working at their desks and working with them directly. And, um, it was, uh, we, we went from like two different squadrons to one squadron, uh, immediately. So, yeah. So, um, I totally expected a lot of the like, uh, like inner service rivalry and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but they're just a bunch of, a bunch of great people. And, uh, and there was, there's no animosity and we knew what the mission was. And so I think that's the big thing is we had a mission that we had to get done. Uh, yeah. and so we knew that we needed to like d- work together on it to, to be able to do this well, because it was a very challenging mission that had never been done before. And so yeah. we just hit the ground running and, and like, uh, even though we had different backgrounds and like, we didn't always speak the exact same language. Um, just the differences between Navy and the Air Force, we were able to to very quickly be like, all right, and and come up with a solution to to solve that problem set. So it was, it was pretty cool.
0: That's brilliant. Cheers for answering my question there. But uh, yeah. <laughs> So we're gonna have some personal questions here. If you're happy with this, Trevor. Yeah. Right. So, do you have any hobbies?
1: I do. Um, oh gosh. Um, I, I have a lot. I do a lot of different stuff. So, um, so I. Um, where do I start? Uh, obviously aviation, a huge, uh, huge hobby of mine. So here in America, it's, uh, it's quite a bit easier to fly general aviation. Uh, and so, uh, so I've had some, some pretty cool opportunities to go, uh, fly, uh, in general aviation quite a bit and, uh, expect now that I'm not on the team and it's not going to be as demanding, uh, as long as I'm not in Japan, I expect to be doing quite a bit more general jump back into general aviation and kind of get back into that quite a bit more. Um, I, uh, I really like cars. So my very first car that I got, I got an old 1966 Mustang and, uh, I had it for about a a month and the engine block cracked. So, uh, so I've, I just, I love turning wrenches on cars. Uh, so, um, here in the next couple of years, I have a, right now I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old boy. And so, um, I'm, I'm hoping here in the next uh, couple of years, once they get to where they're able to actually help out a little bit and remember it, I'm going to kind of build a car up from the frame up. Uh, kind of a, a resto mod uh, classic car and um something that gets the memories with elm so uh so yeah there's that what's that free labor yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um so so there's that um so so I yeah, I really like uh really like cars um let's see uh we go out we 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 really like spending a lot of time outdoors so Uh, one thing that was really good about living in Las Vegas that we didn't expect, uh, necessarily is is, yes, it is sin city, but there's a ton of outdoor stuff to do. So there's uh, a lot of national parks, uh, that are just absolutely beautiful that are nearby. Uh, and so we've, uh, had the chance to take the family out and go camping and hiking a lot. So, uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Um, and then, I mean, even things down very, uh, like, like weird things like i really like uh cooking so like uh so i like uh and from kind of like a basic level so like i'll like catch my own yeast and make like sourdough bread like i like really like making sourdough bread and uh so it's like very kind of a weird mix of of things um that yeah that that i like doing uh favorite aircraft you're flown i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it's the f-15 uh the F-15C particularly if you get it, particularly when that thing's clean right when you have no missiles no pylons no uh no uh external fuel tanks or anything like that like that jet is just it's a huge beast and it maneuvers really really well uh it is it is a hard airplane to fly very well mm-hmm. uh so that like constant that like challenge of taking it to its limit but not exceeding it so that you can do, you can fly it at its maximum limit. Uh, that that aircraft is just an absolute beast. I love that airplane.
0: And is there an aircraft you wish you could have flown or would like to fly in the future?
1: Um, the only one that I, <clears throat> yeah, I would say the, um, I, could, I always kind of wish I had the chance to fly the F-22 for, for a little bit. Um, I flew against the F-22 a lot, Um, and it's a, it's a really impressive machine just from a pure aerodynamic perspective. Uh, it's impressive for a lot of reasons, but, um, but it's pure thrust to weight ratio with its thrust factoring. Um, it is just not fair. Uh, you talk about how aircraft stack up against each other and stuff like that. Um, the F 22 is just, it's not fair when it's when it's fighting against other people, particularly within the, the within, within the visual range, uh, I mean, BVR as well. But uh, but within visual range, it's just uh, it's so maneuverable. It's got so much power. Um, I think that aircraft would be a heck of a lot of fun to fly. Um you know, I, I remember I was a fairly young wingman in, uh, in Japan, and the Raptors had come out, and they're uh, we're doing some air combat maneuvering, so it's 2v1 uh, engagement. And I'm flying – I don't know who it was with. I think it was with uh, – it was one with a more – it was with a very experienced uh, instructor pilot. So, you know, I'm his wingman. Uh, the Raptor starts off behind us. We call fights on and the Raptors knows what he's doing. He was a previous C model guy, uh, that had transitioned to the, to the Raptor. And so he knows like, all right, I'm going to go after the more experienced guy first, take him out. So then I can switch to the young dumb guy that that doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) Right. Uh, which was me in this case. So he, uh, so he goes after, he goes after the uh, flight lead. He's doing the flight lead is doing his best, but it's just, it's not really a fair fight they're going downhill and uh and he so he's like gunning my flight lead downhill and uh i had like somehow you know i was a lieutenant right so i was like i don't know how i, I woke up and there i was i was like directly behind him wow. so i'm i'm staring down at the ground uh the ocean right cuz we're in we're in uh, japan so i'm staring at the ocean i see my flight lead in front of my flight lead i see the raptor uh tail aspect uh gunning uh my flight lead I go in to because uh, I think we had decided that we we're going to do a gun only fight for that one, uh, so no missiles. So, so I'm just like closing in range because I'm at like 4,000 feet. I'm trying to get inside 3,000 feet. Mm-hmm. And right as about right as I'm about to turn the trigger on, he looks back, he sees me behind him, and he goes from this position where he's pointed down at the ground at flight lead, and he just does this. Oh Christ! And then like turns back around no. and it was just <laughs> i remember being like this is the most and there's nothing i could have done there's, there's nothing, you, do, nothing yeah. could done. you don't know and now, i yeah. was like this is the most unfair fight <laughs> which is how you want to fight, like, you fight exactly a fight when you go to war yeah, right course, you want yeah. you want an unfair fight but it is just it was just the most unfair thing i'd ever seen uh and have seen since uh when it comes to the air-to-air wow. world uh and so I, I think that aircraft would be a lot of fun to fly
0: absolutely oh my god what an amazing story but uh to wrap up, yeah, so can we find you online anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that, or Instagram?
1: Yeah, so, uh, so the only kind of public account I have is on Instagram. Um, I really uh, took this year to try and uh, – it, it's been a tough year, so I've been trying to be fairly positive and, uh, this year on my Instagram account. So uh, so we had the opportunity to take a lot of uh, in-cockpit footage that we use for debrief purposes, and I was able to take those and, and kind of up- – move them around because they're 360 videos. And so uh, so I've worked quite a bit this year to, to make some some what I think are fun videos to to watch, uh, put them to some music, and just uh, you know maybe add a little positive message to it. Um, so my name on that is uh, Dozen. So I'm actually in the process of changing my name right now. Uh, it's okay. Dozen underscore T-Bird 2. Uh, since I'm leaving the team, I'm, I'm looking to change the name. But uh, but it will still be Dozen something. Uh, but if you look up my name, Trevor Aldridge, or Dozen, or, or whatever. You'll find that. Uh, you should be able to find it there. I've been pretty quiet for a little bit on that, but I plan on uh once I get that name change I'll probably I'll probably spin back up on that. So well that Trevor, it's been up. an
0: absolute pleasure talking to you and thank you very much for coming on the channel and sharing
1: a bit of your story. It's been it's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well Matt, thanks for having me on. I know we've gone back and forth a little bit on this, but I'm glad we were able to finally make it happen. Absolutely. So cheers Matt and I uh, hope you get well soon. All right, thanks.